video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your host to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 216 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm here with the house of the homeboy, or homeboy of the house, uh, devil of the homeboy, homeboy of the devil, Mr. Fucking Grizz. All what is apply. going on, my man? It's September, dude. It's September, finally here. Bro. It's my birthday month. It's, it's the fucking fall, finally. The weather, the past few days has been delicioso in my neck of the woods, dude. Cloudy. With some fucking rain. Ah, I love it. I I am so ready for this goddamn summer to be over, dude. It felt so long this year. I don't know about you. It just felt unbearable. I woke up this morning. It was a three-day weekend because of Labor Day. I woke up this morning. I'm going to work, and I'm like, holy fuck. Why does it feel like it's an hour earlier than it actually is? just feels different, yeah i was like oh my god like this is fucking awesome i love that i love the winter when like you go into work it's fucking dark out i love leaving work and it's dark out it's like fuck yeah people bitch about that dude like oh that's the darkness man i love the sun setting at like fucking 5 5 o'clock yeah. that shit rules well like people get seasonal depression during the winter i get seasonal depression during the summer Same. And, like really for but i gotta say man like since i moved now i feel like i'm like it hasn't been as bad because there's bad. always something to do. There's always something to fucking do. We are a homeowner you know I mean? now, man. You got a lot of fucking yeah. chores, a lot of projects you got to keep up on. I mean, that changes yeah, the game. True. So you're growing up. Even it's like, it's like, okay, I definitely got to fucking cut the lawn. Like, that's one thing I got to do. Then, it's like, as you're cutting the lawn, you're like, hmm, I got to do that. And you kind of like, it gives you something to do. You got your fucking headphones in. I'm going to tell you right now, dude. Listening to other podcasts and that shit. That never ends. No matter what you do, yeah. no matter how nice you think the house is. You're always going to fucking find something that has to be done. Something yeah, you're not yeah. happy with. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not rich, so I don't have uh, every, pretty much everything that gets done. I got to do myself. You know what I mean? It's one of That's those the, things. But uh, You should do it, you man. Know. Get your fucking hands dirty. I, honestly, I say this to do as Okay, so I don't know if anybody people don't know this or not, but this is basically what I do for a living. I fix houses and shit. I do remodeling and everything. And I'm telling everybody right now, don't fucking call somebody and and tr- and like pay out your fucking ass for something unless you've tried doing it yourself you will be so fucking amazed how manageable most things in home ownership are i think people yeah. get so overwhelmed by like the grand scheme of it or like like how big a task seems that they don't even want to try it man you will save yourself so much money getting your fucking hands dirty unless you're yeah, a fucking baller really- like some people we know living down in virginia and manages and you can just call whoever the fuck you want you know have them crane pool tables into your fucking house for christ's sake (laughs) i always rented i was always a renter so like i never had to do any sort of maintenance your fucking landlord does the maintenance or you know we had somebody the last place like we would hire somebody to come do it now that it's my place it's like oh man i don't know if i can do that and it's like all right let me try it then you do it then you're like that's it i I feel like next time that's going to be really easy and then it happens again and you're like oh shit i know how to do this piece so of now, cake five minutes you're done what's going on right now everybody is we're actually no longer talking about movies on this podcast uh, podcast we are a motivational 
do-it-yourselfer podcast. We're going to be talking yeah. about all kinds of projects. Garbage Everything. disposal. We got you, bro. We'll fucking fix it you in no do time. It. You can you do got it. a broken belt on your dryer. Who are you going to call? Your goddamn self. That's who you're going to fucking call. You're going to fix that shit. <laughs> That's one thing I'd like. I, I like I actually had to replace the belt on my dryer. That's common, like, bro. Yeah. It's like it's like I can't believe somebody like you gotta pay somebody to like somebody would pay somebody to come and do that. Or like my heating element went on the dryer. It's like, dude, I went and got the part from like a fucking store. Two I went I, it took me fucking fifteen <laughs> minutes. Put That's it right it. in. Yeah, yeah. Oh my it's god. Beautiful. Give it a try, people. Give it a try. That's don't be saying. don't be fucking intimidated. You could do it. That's you the bad taste video fucking inspirational corner of the fucking week for you guys now go out there and fix some shit yeah just do it unless it's um i'm gonna just put a caveat there uh if it has anything to do with electricity please use caution use caution kill your breakers but get your hands dirty get in there shock yourself a few times it's good for you yeah stand in the other room when you turn your shit back on how about that (laughs) (laughs) keep the board the two by four ready Oh, brutal. So, uh, Chris, this week we figured let's start getting into like the Halloween spirit, the fall mood. And for whatever reason, this movie is not a Halloween movie, but it It just like exudes that like fall horror movie. Um, I'm I'm not going to say it's a slow burn because it really kind of isn't. But but man, this week we watched the uh, probably one of the more newer films that we'll watch the 2009 um ty west modern classic because i feel like a lot of people actually speak about this movie like, like very that. highly i like that modern the house classic. of the devil and i said to you before i'm probably gonna say house of the dead a at few least times. five times <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you know what i mean i'm talking about the house of the devil so 2009 a movie that's supposed to take place in the 80s uh technically a period piece you don't really realize it right i feel like it's kind of the setting and there's minimal characters so you really if if they said this took place in 2009 i would still believe you like oh you know she's I mean? got a walkman she's retro i get it that's cool yeah you know? yeah yeah that's really the only thing that like throws it to that time period and the fact she doesn't have like a smartphone or a computer but this movie man um definitely takes pieces of classics and it's like an homage to multiple films um this is something i told you that i saw half of it i don't know why i didn't finish watching it but it reminds me of a very like italian type 80s horror movie and not like in the over the top type um kills and all shit like that just like the the storytelling the music the storytelling Yeah. yeah just the story in general the way people act in the movie um i'm i'm shocked that i didn't revisit this i'm shocked that i didn't watch it in full um sooner because this this movie's fucking awesome dude yeah man this was uh i i I think i brought this up to you like as a recommendation for us to do over the summer and you're like that sounds like a really good fall movie to do and i was like yeah you're right let's fucking save it we're looking for something to do this week you brought it up again and i'm like yeah dude that this feels this feels right i watched it again and every time i watch it i'm like this has got to be one of my favorite modern horror films. Uh, you know, it's 2009, so I guess I don't know how modern it is anymore. It's it's over like 10 years old yeah. and shit or whatever, but yeah. it's, it's man, it feels so... Like, I'm not even a big Ty West guy. I mean, this dude has done a bunch of, like, he's doing A24 fucking garbage and shit now, and he's done some other stuff that I just, like, you know, I'm not too if, keen on. 
if I'm correct, his segment in VHS is fucking awesome. It's awesome. It's a, okay, so that's what exactly what I was just going to get at, dude. I don't care for a lot of the stuff Ty West is doing, is, is doing like right now and all that stuff. But dude, this time period, 2009 to like 2013, like his shit was fucking awesome. He did another segment on ABC's A Death, which was really fucking good. The VHS segment is probably the best one on the whole entire VHS movie, the first one. Yeah. Uh, and in and, and this time period, too, he did another movie. Um, what the hell was the name of it? It's like this weird fucking... It has like all the these in- people in it. Like That's like the main the thing going on. What's that? The Innkeepers? That's that, Okay, so that's like the beginning of his like real popularity... Like, because the innkeepers was huge. People really got fucking into that movie. I've never seen that. I guess it's it's fucking awesome. But Dead and uh, what I, I, no, I can't find it now. Dead and but, Lonely. No, there was another one that he did. But I guess like what I was getting at though is that like all of the people that are in this movie in this time period, he was like recasting all of them and like all of his horror movies. And I really get into the fucking casting of this movie. I think it's it's really well done. We'll get into like who plays what and shit like that, but that's one of my favorite parts of this movie is the casting aspect. Everybody plays their characters really well. It's it's creepy where it needs to be. Uh, my favorite thing about this movie is like you kind of said it's not like a slow burn, but it it almost is a slow burn, man. Because like, but it's like this slow suspense building burn that keeps me into it. Because a lot of slow stuff I could go without, but this is like. Especially the first watch, you're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Oh, what the fuck's going on? Okay, what the fuck's going on now? Because, like, (laughs) the story just kind of keeps building on itself as you go, which I think is a great storytelling aspect. Yeah, I I feel like despite the lack of, like, quote-unquote action, it keeps you interested just because it gives you, like, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Something weird. Or you expect something's going to happen, and, like, you're waiting, and you're waiting I, and then, like, all you know, the movie does like eventually kick off, and it's. I'm not gonna say it's not something I like didn't expect, but I think it's really well done how it was done, and like the whole you know, how you eventually figure it out and how it eventually comes about. And you, you start thinking, like, oh, what about this? What about that? Which we'll talk about that, you know, once we actually get into the main segment here. But you were talking about the casting. And uh, my favorite character in this is fucking Mr. Ullman. Because uh, he, he, A, he's like weird as fuck. He reminds me of the dude from Scary Movie. Bro, like, oh, I'm a I wrote it hand. down. Fucking yes, dude. He's like Hanson, fucking Chris Elliott. And fucking all he's missing is the strong hand. I'm so fucking glad that you said that shit. I, I love he's, that. He's played by Tom Noonan. And I, I like realized who he was immediately because he was in fucking RoboCop 2 to play yeah. Kane. Yeah, and uh, something I didn't know, he was fucking uh, Frankenstein's monster in the Monster Squad. No shit. Dude, this guy's Yeah, dude, He's this guy fucking, fucking dude. got it. He's got to be to be to play Frankenstein's monster, man. Even in this He's movie, in the he fucking towers over everybody, dude. He's a tall, lanky motherfucker. Shit, dude, this guy's got an uncredited uh role in Eight-Legged Freaks. Look at that. What a so, time to be alive when that was fucking coming out. My favorite casting in this movie. I mean, Tom Noonan is great, but his wife, Mary fucking uh, Wanderov, dude, I mean, she is like the fucking queen of the 80s, dude. Chopping Mall, Night of the Comets, fucking. Uh, oh, shit. 
she was one of, uh, there was another one that she was into um uh, uh, terror vision same wow. fucking time period as chopping mall so like dude she she was dude. like and that's what i love about this movie is there's all these like callbacks like d fucking wallace is in this movie and shit like that Death so race cool. 2000 she was in oh my god rock like, and dude, roll high school she, she was the fucking and dude she's so good in this movie she's like the perfect creepy like mysterious mom like oh and then she, the, oh my god there's there's parts of this that just go haywire with her it's awesome yeah man the, you know what um let's let's get into this movie well let's play the trailer let's actually get into there it is because a trailer, right now like sure yeah 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 it has to be if there isn't i'll uh i'll hit my head with a hammer uh, no, I won't do that. But uh, <laughs> let me play that, and we will see you on the other side. I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit, I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's going to work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account, and I checked her right on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi. I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm. The night's big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird just dropping you out here like in the middle of wherever we are. You have to forgive me, Samantha, because I've not been completely honest. We're from the desert, you know. You see, we... We actually don't have a child. They lied to you. I know. Okay, I know you're right. But it's $400. This equals first month's rent and then some, and all I have to do is sit inside and watch TV. This is huge. This one night changes everything for me. House of the Devil, a modern, um, I'm not going to say possession movie, but it kind of is borderline, but it, but it's mostly about a demonic cult, right? When it comes down to it, that's yeah. what this movie is about. That's the driving force as per, uh, you know, Rob Zombie rules, uh, <laughs> Lords of Salem rules, you know, the, the cult has to drive the plot. I bet Rob Zombie loves this fucking movie, dude. The casting. I hope so. The music. He probably is fucking about this shit. I can almost promise dude, you. This movie is like Lords of Salem, but just like set in a different place at a different time. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort it just, of a it's different like, time. It's, it's, it's just like, it's very similar. It's just like a cleaned up like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I could compare the two. There's definitely like similarities to them and stuff, but I just, I, this could be any 
like of the classic horror movies from the 70s and 80s As specifically yeah. like the 70s this feels the story wise this feels very 70s like this babysitter who uh well that's not even a baby she's just this, this, this like college chick who's like down on her luck she needs some money sees this babysitting ad on the college campus calls it ends up hooking up with these creepy fucking people who tell her Hey, it's not really a baby. It's this fucking old lady we need you to watch because nobody else will and shit. Shit goes awry. There's an eclipse. There's a cult. Fucking bada bing, bada boom. We got a satanic baby on the way. And this is what we get, you know? A great yeah. fucking movie. Very uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, mixed with, uh, I, I, I don't know. This I like the whole idea of them basically like tricking this girl into being the vessel for whatever demon is coming across if it's satan or whatnot i I really do think that it was it was well done it really was well done um the the uh, woman that was cast to play the the college student like adorable what's her name samantha yeah she's so cute man really good like believable lovable character like really likable yeah like her her friend is also like fucking really believable, a uh, funny character sort of until she meets her untimely demise. Bro, how about the fucking, fucking headshot? Way. Oh my God. For a split second, you like see her face like open up. Yes. It's really like pretty wild. It's, I love any sort of headshot that takes place in a car, like maniac and shit. There's something like, special I about love- that, right? I think it's because the explosion in the interior of the car that makes those so awesome, right? Like yeah, yeah. the spray on That's the windshield true. and stuff. It's just, oh yeah. It, it makes it look so much more violent because like it's confined to a small area like that. Right. And, and especially this one, the chunks, right? Did you see the chunks in this one? It was real like gritty oh. looking. I was like, yeah, there's some bone and brain matter in this motherfucker. You see the aftermath at the end also. <sighs> like you see her. I think her name's Megan, right? The friend. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, you see, like, her body and her face is just, like, fucking gone. So, yeah, it's, it just looks like chopped meat. Fucking terrible. But there's just something about, like, those those car headshot slash murders. Maybe because it's, like, when you're sitting in a car, the you're going to get hit in the chest or the head. So it's always, like, a violent, brutal way to, like, take any sort of, uh, you know stabbing shooting really anything like that it's just you you know it's gonna be bad you know it's gonna be fucking disgusting and i love that scene also for for plot reasons because this friend megan is the person who brought samantha to the babysitting job and like really didn't want to leave her there she was like this is fucking weird these people lied to you man like she knew that shit was going down but like these people also like offered samantha like four hundred dollars which was way more than the original thing which that's a big fucking red flag man like if you're getting paid uh, quite a bit more than you originally thought something's probably not on the up and up but well well, the friend says that if it's too good to be true probably probably is is, which in real life that's usually the fucking case also take that to heart yeah but for plot reasons, her death is great because, you know, she's driving back away. What is her car? Fucking the, the tire flat or some shit. And she this random sick. Yeah, this random dude comes up who you don't know at this point. And like, you're like, all right, you know, this is obviously weird. You know, something's happening here. But we, the last thing I expected on the first watch 
was for this motherfucker to point blank snub nose this bitch in the car and like blow her brain to next Tuesday, dude. It shit shocked me the first time I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he says like, oh, so you're saying you're not the babysitter? Boom. Like, no. Not yet. Yeah. Immediately upon answer, her head was gone. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. And and up until that point in the movie, there isn't anything that would lead you to think that a, a scene like that was going to happen yeah, either. It, that That's a great point. It's jarring right? because like, the movie is so like, it's just eerie. You know, it's like this slow burning fucking plot building up and the tension building. You're like, okay, things are weird. Things are gotten even weirder now that she's here. And all of a sudden you get this brutal fucking murder that just yeah. like shakes you during this movie, dude. I was totally caught off guard the first time I saw it. Yeah, because up until that point, you have like Mr. Ullman being just like kind of weird. There's something off about him, but you don't quite know that it's like a uh, like a like a grave situation yet. He just seems a little bit off and you're like, all right, well, something's going to happen. And when her friend starts leaving, you definitely don't expect her to get fucking murdered basically in the driveway, right? Like it, cause the dude that he ends up, uh, the, the guy's name is Victor, right? He's the yeah. son or whatnot. Um, he seems like weird, but he doesn't come across like he's going to fucking kill her. No. You know what I mean? It's just, oh man, the movie sets like this weird pace where like you get a bunch of dialogue, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of plot here and a little bit there. And then something like that happens. And now you're like, like, oh my God, what the fuck? You don't know what to, what then, to expect next, but then it goes back to this, like it'll, it'll turn the volume back down a little bit on the story and be like, that was really intense, but let's like go back to a situation that's not as intense and we're going to build on that. And the build in the house where Samantha is now in the house alone with the the mother that she's supposed to be babysitting that she hasn't seen yet. And like she's starting to feel like things are starting to come undone. Like she's putting some clues together that you see around the house that things are off. Don't make sense. You know, like these people that she's babysitting for say that they just moved here. They're from the desert and, you know, they're new to town. They couldn't find a sitter in time because they're new. And then, like, she finds a photo of a family in front of the house and the car that, that people have that are not this family and shit. Yeah. And they're like, well, then how, why do they have the car? And, like, so you start, she starts getting pretty freaked out in the house. And that whole time period, as slow as it kind of is, I actually really like that because you start getting all these little pieces of, like, you know, plot exposition. And you're like, oh, man. Because in your head, you don't know what's going on yet. You're thinking... Well, I know this motherfucker is a killer. Does he have anything to do with the parents? Like, you don't know they're they're tied together yet. So, like, it totally throws me for a loop. And that's what I love about this movie is the, like, the pacing of it. As, like, chill as it can seem, it's, like, very purposeful. Yeah, and, you know, there's things that happen later on in the movie. Like, she orders a pizza. And, you know, oh, I left the number on the uh, the fridge of a pizza place nearby. She orders the pizza and then she fucking passes out. So it's like, oh, like from the beginning, all of this was planned. Yep. Like the, the pizza, pizza boy guy is the fucking son who yeah. brings the pizza and the pizza's drugged. And it's cool because yeah. they don't tell you the pizza's drugged. You see her eat a piece and like she gives it, you know, she gives you a weird look and she's like making like, oh, this tastes funny and she throws it out. So without even like saying anything, you already have it in your head. 
was the pizza drugged? Like my girlfriend was even like, was that pizza drugged? And I was like, I don't know. Was the pizza drugged? You have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) But, but like it really, I love things like that because then you look back at the whole, like, oh, I left the number on the fridge for you. Like, I know your kids love pizza. Mm -hmm. And he kept repeating that. Make sure you get a pizza. You know, it was like a a very important point for him to keep. Oh, I already said that. But like, nah, you're meaning to say this over and over again. Yeah. What happens if she didn't order the pizza, though? Right? Yeah, your whole plan's out the window, dude. But kids love pizza. I mean, come on. Someone's leaving me money for a pizza. I'm ordering. That pizza looks so fucking good, too. I I don't know if it's because I was stoned in the movie, but all the pizza looked fucking great, dude. Dude, I was going to say, man, at that time period, I probably would not have ordered the pizza. I would have been like... (laughs) I'm taking this money. That's 20 bucks, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the pizza was like eight something, I think. Right? Man, eight dollars something. For a large pizza, eight bucks. What a time to be alive. We don't have small, medium, large. Because <laughs> he only had one pizza he drug, bro. That's all you're getting. You want extra anchovies? <laughs> so That's fucking so funny. funny. Yeah. And you know, we're we're kind of like bouncing through the plot here and stuff, but she ends up waking up like on this, you know, thorn cult sacrificial altar, right? With uh like this pentagram and everything and everybody's dressed like fucking Anakin Skywalker standing yeah, yeah, around <laughs> and, and you find out that like the the grandma is like a witch I guess right sort of she looks like the thing like the uh what the hell's that thing from uh scary stories to tell in the dark oh my god like yeah. the big fucking the woman with like the big face and everything yeah she has that's, like that's she's obviously she like a, an elderly like witch figure or whatever but she has like a smooth face i guess is the only way i could say it like she has no defining facial features but creepy like that's pretty much it and like she's like doing the fucking you know the ritual shit drawing the pentagram on her belly and like she cuts her wrist into this skull and like forces her to drink the blood it's so fucking gnarly and like obviously that's the point of like demon impregnation is like you drink the fucking midget witch's blood now you're fucking doomed so it's, yeah that's it dude that whole scene is weird and wild man well what's funny is like the movie is rather normal up until that point and then Flash. it turns into like <laughs> yeah it turns into like a like an epileptic uh an epileptics like nightmare it's just flashing these weird scenes of these weird looking people oh. right standing around there very uh but it's it's very like it, it, it's important to the plot like yes. it really is it really is that's like part of like the the build up to the end of the movie and it's awesome it really is a, and in like the a end, cool man, payoff I, I love her fight you know her her will to escape this cult is so awesome you know where she's like she she stabs the fucking uh, you know creepy fucking scary movie butler guy in the fucking stomach with the knife and she runs away and the sun goes after her and she ends up fucking cutting his throat and the throat cut looked awesome. Well, before that, she puts her thumb in his eye. Oh, I forgot see, about like, the, the eye gouge. Yes, that oh. was so good. There's see, there's like points in this movie where like there is substantial gore. It's not a like a gore soaked movie, but what's here is fucking prime, dude. It's so good. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, the mom kind of just gets stabbed in the back like that's not the, i like dude, when she takes the wig off to though. say that's the fucking... wig reveal is because it's all like this whole cult thing is based around this all has to happen this night because there's a lunar eclipse happening that's like the, the, that's why everything is so important that they get the babysitter for this night and all this has to happen because part of this ritual is that there has to be this lunar eclipse to impregnate the demon baby or whatever we have going on here so like 
you know, the fucking Samantha's grabbing her tummy and there's like veins and shit growing on it. Like you can tell that she's like, you know, she's got it in her. She's fucking knocked up. And like the mom's looking out at the moon being like, dog, you're going to fucking make it happen. And then she fucking <laughs> takes the wig off and she's bald as fuck, dude. It's yeah, wild. Yeah, she's got all <laughs> stringy hair. She looks like Zelda from she, fucking uh, I know what you're Pet Cemetery. About, yeah, dude. Right? Oh, she my totally God. does, man. She looks like the fucking that movie Witches. You remember like that fucking creepy oh, yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah, looks like one of those witches. Off. Yeah. 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 But like it's so funny because Samantha like has enough time to like get up, go in the hallway, get the knife, and then stab her. Come without back her with- even knowing. Yeah. There's a few like even when she gets up from the ritual, like all these people are there and like they just watch her un- like she unties herself and like attacks the yeah. grandma witch and I'm like no one's stopping her. Like what the fuck is yeah, happening? No right now? Yeah, what do you what do you like protect at all costs? Like you're fucking are we doing something here? Witch? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, what the fuck yeah. did we bring her here for? What the- <laughs> but but I really do like how they end it where she doesn't kill Mr. Ullman she fucking blows her own brains out yes right he's like he's like you could kill me i'm just the messenger of his word and everything and she's like looking at the moon and she's like fuck this i'm done blows her own fucking brains out but what's crazy is she actually lives right and uh so did the baby apparently what did you think about that (sighs) the reveal that she's still pregnant she's alive in the hospital you know i loved it i think it's i think it's the perfect ending for this movie because that's the kind of ending that you would get like in a, in a traditional like 70s, you know, Italian horror film or something like that. Yeah. I love the downer ending, especially the fake out. We are like, well, this wasn't even really a fake out. It was a downer both ways. It was a downer if she killed herself, potentially. I mean, and, you know, either way you could look at it. Of course, she got away from having a demon baby, but she did have to kill herself. But then you're like, oh, it's a double downer because now she's fucking alive with the demon baby. <laughs> so it's, it's fucking cool, man. I really like that. So did Mr. Ullman survive? Yes, right? He had to have. He never got it. Yeah. She never did it. I mean, he did get stabbed and he was bleeding out pretty good. So unless he doesn't seek medical help, I'm sure he might yeah, have an yeah. issue. But And uh, was the uh, grandma lady, did she die? No. I mean, she got scratched in the face pretty good, but that's it. I mean, she's going to die yeah. soon anyway. She's got to be like 120. So, so basically it like lives on, right? There or could be a house of the devil because- too. Yeah, they never made a sequel to the. They to this did not. Movie. Not that I'm aware of. No, I really, I really did like this movie. I really do feel like I told you before. I'm like, yeah, man, I would rewatch this 100%. for sure. I think I might buy this movie actually. Uh, to be perfectly honest, you know, it was that good to fucking, me. It's the 16 millimeter that gets me, man. The fact that he shot it in 16 mil, it it looks perfect. It's exactly how I want a movie like this to fucking look because it looks exactly like it 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 feels and looks exactly like what he's trying to get across a 1983 horror film and it's one of the only times where i feel like this is very successful where there's points in this movie where i can truly get lost and think that i'm watching an older film than it actually is so here's a little uh tidbit about this movie the rotary phone this is straight from imdb i didn't uh, (laughs) no research The rotary phone inside the house has a 516 area code, which is Nassau County, Long Island, New York. That's where I used to live. 516, 516, baby. 631 was the the Suffolk County one, but fuck them. Uh, There's also an emergency sticker on the phone displaying the real life working phone number for the New Hyde Park Fire Department. Uh, New Hyde Park was more towards Queens. I used to play uh, ice hockey in New Hyde Park. There was a a, a rink there. I love that. That's funny. But however... 
The film is set in a remote area on the outskirts of an upstate college town. So it's probably supposed to take place near you. Yeah. That's, I imagine. That it, would and make it, honestly, sense. it looks like it was filmed in Connecticut, but this it did look exactly like it does where I live, like in the fall and stuff. And this yeah, movie does take place in the fall. So that's why it has that like perfect vibe. You know, she's got her hoodie, her sweater on with her mittens and her fucking scarf. And she's looking all cute. She's doing the that adorable fucking that dance. Shit. Bro, that dance was so fucking cute. I love this girl, dude. I'd I'd fucking put a ring on it for sure, man. Like, oh that, shit, man! And that dance was all improv. I'm like, oh, and it looks so 1980s. It's so awesome, dude. She killed it. Those headphones with the orange fucking ear. Oh yeah, uh, oh, pants. Yeah. I used to have those. Remember that? And fucking, oh, yeah. you would break them or bend them or whatever. The that ear pads metal would get piece fucking... was so fucking flimsy, bro. Yeah. You could bend that fucker every way. Let's see. Um, I'm I'm looking through. I always look through like the IMDb thing after the fact, and uh, it's it's really funny. Like, uh, shot over a period of 18 days. I think that's great. That's, unbel- that's fucking awesome, man. That's, that's what just, makes this that's feel like-, like it does. I think, man, this has all the hallmarks of what they used to do when they made horror films, and I feel like it really comes across here. Uh, apparently this is supposed to take place in 1983 yeah because uh the fix one thing leads to another when she's doing the dance mm-hmm. so that that's Yo, plus it's got the fucking awesome uh what is it the greg kin band that breakup fucking song they don't ride them like that anymore dude that's the fucking jam right there <laughs> to this day that comes on the radio i'm fucking turning it up i don't give a fuck oh man i really dude i really did like this movie i really highly recommend this to Anybody who likes Italian horror, um, like suspenseful type shit, it's like House by the Cemetery, but without the actual like fucking murderous zombie doctor in the basement. Yeah, if, if you like, like if you just like that shit, you know, I would say Tannic yeah. shit, it hits that mark too. Like if you like Devil's Reign and stuff like that, then this would be fucking right up your alley. Also, uh, nobody hangs dong in this. No nudity. <sighs> That's the one thing it's missing. I will agree. I would have loved to have seen the dad's dong. He's so yeah. tall and lanky. It has to be in the gray, big gray bush. That would have been fucking wild in this movie. <laughs> it blew Good my old mind. gray bush. A little gray bush action. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, what do you think about like this whole, um, like trying to do like period pieces now? What do you, what do you think? Do you think it's okay? Oh, it's if tough, it's done man. well, you think it's cool? Uh, I think you, uh, this is what, if you're going to go into a movie and you're trying to make a period piece, you are already putting yourself up against a 50-50 chance that it's going to fucking suck because mm. you really have to nail it. You have There's certain hallmarks that I think need to be met. There's certain looks and there's certain like effect, you know, things that have to be done yeah. that if you don't do them a certain way, then you're giving yourself away. And that's why I, I, I do kind of appreciate what they went for in this film because they were very light-handed and everything to not give away the time period you know they didn't show a ton of cars and, and driving and car parking lots because they didn't have they weren't able to get a bunch of fucking 1983 cars you know so they didn't do that yeah they had an 83 volvo though so they showed you that motherfucker a bunch you know yeah, so it's like they, they did it smart to not give away things and and you have to really watch yourself man i like i said i think you're really giving yourself an uphill battle you're better off just being a very unique good horror film that still uses practical effects some in modern times than to try to be like i'm gonna make a 70s or an 80s horror film because yeah right off the bat i think a lot of people are also just gonna be like fuck that movie you know just because they have that mindset of like 
Yeah. You're just like, trying. You're try hard. Try hard. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You knew now, it. Now, here's a question. <laughs> does this does this movie actually have to take place in 1980, uh, 1983? Like, could this have just taken place in 2009? Well, yeah. I think, like you said, if 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 it's not for a few small key details, like you see the Walkman and the, the cars and, like, a little bit of the clothing, even the clothing is could be considered, you know, new and, and you know, it's not super dated to jacket maybe and shit. But I think besides a few key things, this story is easily adaptable the the way you know even the house and everything it could easily be a house in 2009 100% yeah well, you just write off the cell phone like yeah. oh fucking got broke or forgot it or it's dead or yeah. something yeah dad Boom. don't have a charger these people don't have a charger for it you know there's definitely yeah, ways around that yeah piece of cake and now here's a, here's something that i feel like if they did this in a movie i wouldn't even fucking notice it what if you just never brought up a cell phone nobody has one you never talk about it. You never yeah. bring it up. Like, would you, you think you would even notice that? Because I feel like I wouldn't. I would love to see a movie set in a reality of today without the advancement of like cellular technology, because that's something that I wish for every fucking day of my life. So like, yeah, I think like that'd be gonna, a cool perspective to see a horror movie in that way. Like but, you're going to suspend your disbelief for a fucking like supernatural serial killer or whatnot. You can't yeah. suspend your disbelief that we don't have cell phones. Cell phones. Why the fuck not? I think, yeah. I think that I think if you're like looking at like modern movies and being that kind of critical of them, I think then you're like, you know, it's a fucking modern horror film. <laughs> like you're being way too yeah. fucking critical at that point. Well, you, I think you it'd be awesome to not have cell phones yeah. in a horror film. Of you just today. fucking omit it. Yeah. I, you could still have a computer. You could still have fucking TVs and all that shit. They don't have fucking cell phones. Wi-Fi. Big, big fucking deal. But you know what? Yeah. I'm just, what's a cell phone? Yeah. Erased. I like would Thanos. love that. Oh my. That's a horror the movie to these fucking snap. kids now. If you just say they didn't have cell yeah. phones anymore. <laughs> Do you think these kids go by, go, like, go back and watch like Swim Fan and all that shit, like, oh and all these fucking God. old like two thousands and like early internet movies? You think pe- these kids like would like that shit? Or Unforgivable. No? I don't think they are, dude. I really don't think they are. And if they are, oh. they're probably thinking, man. They, those guys were pretty fucking stupid to be getting into this yeah. shit. <laughs> like, I feel like if you showed like a fucking twelve year old Rotten.com now, they'd be like, "It's like baby shit." Oh my god, like, dude! Back that's, to the that, Future Two. This is a baby game. I don't so know if you know like this or not. Exact exact this is why you're bringing this up. But did you see the fucking awesome credit in this movie? No. Where they thank Tub Girl in the fucking credits <gasps> of this movie. Did they? That, there's, there's no way that's what they meant. There's Dude, no way. Yeah, because it's 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 Tub Girl and another internet person that they fucking that they fucking uh, thanked in it. Who the fuck else was it? Oh my god! But dude, PewDiePie, I was like, PewDiePie. dude, I, are I you can't even kidding me? Name. Tub fucking girl, Dude, that's man. So fucking. F- oh, especially oh, Goatsy. Yes, Goatsy. That's what it is. Yes. Go see oh, and tug real. So that's definitely who they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Go look those up. Actually, don't no, do don't. it if you're at work. <laughs> Bad taste did not tell you to do that. <laughs> so, uh, so Grizz, uh, you got any uh, final thoughts on this before we uh, wrap up? The House of the Devil. No, I mean, this, I think this is a perfect way to kick off this season. It, it gets your foot in the door a little bit of the fall. It doesn't, doesn't go too delve into like the straight Halloween yet because we're not quite there. But this is yeah. the perfect foot into the door to the fall. If you're looking for a good movie for September, man, watch House of the Devil because this movie is so much fun. It uh, it really does. It, it got me in the mood for like more movies like this. Honestly, like 
I needed this spark for the season, man, because I was feeling Hell like yeah. kind of out of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it's actually free on Tubi. Oh, uh, nice. I think it's free on Amazon Prime and all that shit too, but it's everywhere. Go watch it. It's really, it's really, really worth it. I promise you it's worth a watch. Now, Grizz, it's time to head over or to experience <laughs> the wide world of metal. That is right. It is time for wide world of metal. And dude, this week's album, you know, you, you put me in the black metal mood last week. And uh, I felt it was only right to continue with a new black metal release that I am currently obsessed with. And that is Watain's The Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm i actually a, like a pretty big Watain fan. Uh, I started listening to them years ago. The first album that I knew is their first album, uh, Rabid Death's Curse. I can't even say that for whatever reason right best, now. For sure. I, I, for whatever reason, love this album. It's amazing. Like the um, the fucking um, production and everything, like Agony Fires on that is is fucking my jam. I love that song. Like it's, I don't know, man. Like so, this band, it's it's very, uh, they're consistent. Oh yeah, I, I'm like going all over the place right now. Before we even talk about the album, it's fine. They're consistent. I know that like the black metal community kind of like shat on them because of like the live show for a while. Because like they used to like, you know, throw like the fucking pig heads and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, it's all theatrical now. This and that. That's part of like, see, back in the day, that's what everybody was doing. And honestly, this is what makes, uh, you know, in my opinion, Watain so great. And if you look at the history of black metal, when when they came out, 98, 99, when they're first forming as a band, like the scene is just fucking dead at this point. Like all the Beat bands that are, are coming out are they're not taking it seriously as it was before in the second wave. Uh, that whole thing is pretty much done at this point. You know, I mean, those bands are still existing, but they're not. I mean, even like bands that were big in, in, in second wave, like Dark Throne. Speaking of which, new fucking Dark Throne album coming. Dude, I am so fucking pumped about black that. Me- black metal ice skating. Come yeah, in. that this is going to be sweet. We will definitely be covering that. But even bands like Dark Throne at, at that time were moving on from the black metal sound and were exploring different things. When Watain came in, dude, like they really were like the only black metal and they're Swedish black metal band, but they were the only ones who were really keeping up that true to tradition, what black metal was all about, whether it was not just, you know, playing live shows and making music, but they were living the fucking life, man. And when I met these guys, I can, I can attest, dude, they live the fucking life. They showed up to a show that I played with them with fucking Tupperware of roadkill, bro. Like <laughs> legitimately they would stop when they'd see something and they fucking throw it in a Tupperware and they'd have that shit all over the stage. Not where you could see it because they wanted it to smell like fucking death when they played. Oh my and, dude, God. It was fucking gnarly. And like they came out with the That's pig's so blood funny. and shit dude. like they, and I don't care what I mean. Oh, it's fucking theatrics. That's what fucking black metal to me is like. That's the that's the best of the best. Gorgoroth when they did the fucking black mass like you know show in Poland and got fucking arrested. That's one of the most coolest fucking things I have ever seen in my entire life. And if you can do that on a smaller scale, which Watain does every single show, good on you, dude. They put it the fuck in. I love this band. Dude, it's it's like uh like Motley Crue and like Wasp back in the day where like they weren't made yet, but they still had a stage show yes. and everything. Where it's like wow, that's that takes. Like, if you've ever been in a band, you know how much, like, um, 
I guess preparation goes into playing a show. Oh, and yeah. I'm not talking about practicing. I'm just talking about like going and getting the gear, making sure you have everything, making sure you have the right shit, making sure everything works, making sure everything gets there and it still works That's when just you're there. Your instruments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now never mind people. All that shit. Dude, yeah, like trying to get all this other shit and make it like theatrical. And the music is actually good. Like Amazing. you can actually play your instrument where like a big fault of a lot of second wave black metal is the people sucked at their yes, instruments 100 you know what i mean so and not that that's a bad thing they were still able to do what they had to do they were able to still convey a message but or, like when a band could really rip dude like they progress the genre you know they they move past what was great about the genre and turn it into something even better in my opinion when you have real musicianship being brought into music like this because of the, the second wave stuff is great but it's very not all of it do you look at emperor dude Asana's is a, a fucking genius you know like that's that what i was just gonna say section two john's work was incredible but there's a lot of other bands where it's very rudimentary you know minor chord work you know and stuff like that but more you, punk yeah 100 percent more punk influenced uh but with, with with when you get bands like dude the musicianship in this album specifically has taken this band to a new level that I didn't think they were capable of. This is their seventh studio album. Yeah. And I haven't been as psyched about like, honestly, the, their first four albums were really great, but I didn't care too much for wild hunt and Trident wolf eclipse. Trident wolf eclipse has some great songs on it. It's not a bad album, but man, none of them compare to what the agony and ecstasy of Watain offered. I'm so glad we got into this one, dude. Yeah, like, you know, thinking about, like, late 90s, early 2000s black metal, I'm, like, looking right now to, like, actually double-check my fucking, uh, my, my brain here, but the only band that I could really think of that I'm like, wow, that band fucking rips is Kraft. I uh, think they were the only yeah. other band from around that time, and you know what? Um, I think for, like, a like newer black metal releases like 2018 um white noise and black metal like that album was fucking awesome Amazing. and that reminds me of this where like you have this band that's established you already like their previous work you know there it's you know got a certain sound to it and stuff but then they put out a new album and you're like holy fuck like this fucking this is awesome like this totally reinvigorated my love for the band you know i said before like after listening to this it's like inspiring you're so Especially inspired the type of music we write yeah like this is you could only play fucking you know tremolo pick chords for so long before you want to try to make it a little bit more interesting and like this album fucking the effects that are used on the guitars <clears throat> like on the solos like fucking the i, I think I heard some sort of like Dude, I think I heard like a pitch shifter in there, yes. and like a harmonizer type fucking pedal with the whammy bar work. It's fucking so sick. And you get it right off the bat with the first track too. Yeah. So like, you know what you're getting immediately. So this is like, this is going to be the issue like covering this album is that I, I legitimately could talk on end about each one of these songs individually because they're each so unique and they offer like this wide spectrum of what black metal is, man. Like, I feel like they have really fucking touched on every genre of of black metal inside of this album there's songs yeah. that that we've in dude that that fucking song we remain where they touch on like gothic fucking black metal like cradle <laughs> of filth type i that blew my fucking mind i was like there's an opera singer on a fucking watch this is crazy dude and it's it's that kind of stuff that's so unique that it, it changes my entire outlook on this band like i was a fan before this album has made me like 
I want to get fucking Watane tattooed on my goddamn forehead, dude. It's so goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, this definitely is an album that you can listen to straight through. You don't need to skip songs or whatever. Like every song is good on this album. Um, my favorites, uh, Funeral Winter. That's fucking awesome. Ceremosa. That song fucking Funeral is, Winter, uh, bro. Like, what? like super atmospheric and everything. Reminds me of a little bit of the earlier shit. Like Funeral Winter, though. That's like straight Watane, just on steroids. Dude, it is. It's and I, I love the vocal delivery on that because it is. It's it's classic Watane vocal delivery, but it's also it, dude. It invokes this cold feeling of and it's such an appropriate name. Like there's just certain riffs and like rhythms that they've come up with on this album that are fucking massive. And they they give off these legitimately cold, dead vibes, man. Like, yeah, it's so it's so interesting. And, and, and each song plays with rhythms so much where you don't get stuck in like a, a black metal loop where it's like, all right, here we go again. That same fucking they'll come at you with like a fucking a rhythm section hit with like a four bar of like something completely different that switches back into a separate rhythm. And you, you never really know what they're going to do because it's not just trend picking. Like you said, dude, they're doing like every guitar technique you could think of really intricate, like palm picking and like uh, palm mute picking patterns and stuff. Just like, Dude, look at the guitar solos. Like even the song "Not Son Nor Man Nor God," uh, just like an instrumental that's just haunting as fuck. It's the most simplest song on the entire album, but it's so haunting, dude. It's it, it's like this break from everything that's going on, and they just come right back with uh, before the cataclysm after that. And it's just the end of the album is just right in your fucking face. Yeah, I definitely feel like this brings like back the aggression like that i originally liked about the band um the other two albums that i probably know the best after um you know the ones we've been speaking about are lawless darkness and sworn to the dark and i feel like those two are a little bit more like i'm not gonna say mainstream but like it's too i don't know it doesn't have like that fucking edge to it it doesn't have the grit to it it's like when behemoth was putting out a lot of their big albums too and i think and people hate on behemoth i i personally love that band i i think that Nergal is a fucking hell of a dude who's proven himself to the community but like I get they get a lot of fucking hate for their their mainstream notoriety and I think that was definitely playing a part in those two albums specifically and, and a little bit of Lawless Darkness too they started coming out of it though with Trident Wolf Eclipse I feel like that was the the moving forward from them away from that like too commercial sounding black metal and, and with this they just completely set a new mark for themselves this is going to be hard for them to top yeah this this one definitely i i feel like it's way more interesting actually than a lot of their older albums there's more to like listen to there's more going on and i'm not just saying like general you know riffage and shit just like i said before like the different effects that are being used the different the synths, like man. Uh, the, the synth awesome and all synth that. work I really think that this is a super strong fucking release. And I know like the hardcore purist fucking, you know, true cult people are going to be like, oh, they're a fucking mainstream band, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I don't give a fuck because when it comes down to it, it's still black metal. People also forget like bands like fucking Behemoth, bands like Cradle of Filth, bands like Demu Borgir and all yeah. that shit. They have they great were albums. All fucking, they were doing it years before you ever saw them Go on listen TV. to the 96 Behemoth fucking albums and tell me that shit sucks, dude. That shit is awesome as fuck for that time period. Yeah, people just hate that like anybody gets any sort of success and like, okay, if they did water down the music so fucking be it these guys are like still getting paid to do it and you're not 
So yeah, and dude, that know. dude Nergal, that he he legitimately put his fucking career and his money on the line fighting the Polish government for right to censorship and fucking like freedom of religion and shit because it's a Catholic fucking country. Uh, and they, they, they are Polish, right? Yeah, they're a Polish uh, black metal band, and he has been fighting that government for years. This motherfucker <laughs> like got leukemia, was on his deathbed, and never fucking like pulled that bullshit I found God crap dude has Repent. been true to his fucking word about his faith his beliefs man I respect that motherfucker so much so one, but one thing I could have did with that was that acoustic album uh, he did that whole like man in the fucking hat stuff with that old man and stuff like that and yeah dude like he's he's exploring himself as a musician I get it but I I, I 100% agree I can't listen to that shit. <laughs> but uh but back to this I think my my personal favorite song on this uh which this is so hard to pick one dude I, I love the howling I think that's a real fucking cool song but but for me dude leper's grace it starts out with just a fucking straight blast beat it's all you hear is a blast beat in a fucking thunderstorm. And I'm like, I'm in. This is this is I'm it in. for me, That's dude. The album. And then it fucking comes in with like killer fucking blackened thrash. And I'm just like, holy fuck. Did not expect this. And that's what it goes back to what I was saying that like they touch on everything. There's black rock and roll. There's D beat fucking inf- and you know, punk influence black metal on here. There's atmospheric suicidal signing. It, it's everywhere and everything that I want when I'm listening to black metal, but it's all put onto one album. They have fucking one, killed it. One thing that I got to say that I love is that the last, uh, song on the album, uh, was it? Sem- Septrentian or Septrentian? Yeah. I, I couldn't pronounce it. Actually, it sounds like a closing song yes. on an album. I legitimately I fucking wrote that on here, dude. I'm like, this is such a big, powerful fucking ending to this album. It wraps it up yeah. so good. I love that shit. I love when bands think about things like that. Like, okay, this is legit the closer. And this sounds like the end to a fucking it's so black funny, metal dude, album. Because as I'm listening to that song, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. I'm like, this is such the culmination of this album. Like, I understand why this is the last song. I legitimately thought that thought while I listened to that shit. We are on yeah, the exact same yeah. page. They did. They, this, this is this is it, man. For black metal of 2022, I don't think you're going to find... Unless you're into like, you know, fucking new, you know, I don't know, weird shoegazy fucking black metal that's out there. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if you're into traditional fucking black metal of all kinds, man, this, this is it. Go out and buy this album immediately. Support this band. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Go. It's on Apple music. It's on Spotify. Go fucking check it out. Okay, Grizz, I think that just about wraps it up. But before we do, we got one more thing that we want to say. Well, we always, you know, give shout outs to our homies at Laver, uh, Laser, Gra- Laver. <laughs> Laser Graves. Uh, we've had a bunch of other podcasts over the years that we've been associated with, that we're friends with. And uh, a, a new that one. Massacre podcast. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, we have a new one that is now among the ranks of the, of the homies. Our friends Steven and Nicholas have just put out their pilot episode that's on Spotify and YouTube of their new show, Dead With My Friends. I love the name. I'm pretty sure that's inspired from an Every Time I Die song. So uh, <laughs> shout out to the Buffalo people there. But uh, I watched the, uh, the YouTube video today, man. They did a great job. They're, you know, you get to know who these guys are. They give you a rundown of their, their favorite movies. And uh, I, I, if, you're, if you're getting into you know, Bad Taste video, I would give these guys a try. I, I, I liked what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Check them out. We wouldn't uh, 
we we wouldn't recommend them if we didn't believe in the steer you in the wrong direction in the cause or the, the product or whatever you want to call it but yeah go check them out dead with my friends podcast oh yeah available now and Mr. Grizz, now I think that just about wraps it up. Where could they find you on the internet? On the interwebs, you could find me on Instagram at Kane underscore Enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Please follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash badtastevideo. You could buy any sort of t-shirts or merch that we have. Uh, Etsy doc, was it shop.etsy? No, Etsy, shop.etsy.com slash badtastevideo. There you Something go. Something like that? Something I don't know. like that. The link it's is on in our bios. Uh, yeah yeah links in our bios um we will be doing a live show next week correct on wednesday what day of the week is that what's what's the the 14th i wednesday, believe wednesday the 14th on yes. twitch we will be discussing 1982 oh, man. we're going through that's the years man that's a big one too 82 is the fucking jackhammer of horror I, I am yeah. so... Uh, dude, that's going to be a fun discussion. If it's anything like the last one we had with all the people that came, 82 is going to be yeah. fucking awesome. So follow us on Twitch so you get any updates and you see when we go live because we will be doing these more often. We enjoy it. We enjoy talking to you guys in the chat. We enjoy taking your advice, uh, hearing your suggestions, and hearing the general tomfoolery. Uh, talk Grizz. shit to me. I like that. Yeah, talk <laughs> shit to us. Fuck, fuck it. Fuck it. All right, so uh, we will see you next week. Get ready. The spooky season starting. Mr. EK at the Laser Graves podcast is probably going to stab me in the head for saying that. He <laughs> fucking hates I'm Halloween so tired now. of spooky already. Well, guess what, motherfucker? It's just begun. Yeah. <laughs> see you next week. Bye.